0: He traded something that was temporal for that which was eternal and real true fame comes in Christ, not in the things of the world.
1: Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going through his series called Close Encounters with Jesus. So, get ready to follow along in your Bible as we join Pastor Mike.
0: Well, good morning. I pray you have your Bibles today as we're going to be looking in the book of Mark. This morning we're going to be talking about our Father which art in heaven. But more than that, because God wants us to relate to Him as a father, implies we're His children. Isn't it funny that God wants you and me to relate to Him not through religion, but a daughter, son, father relationship. I think it's really important that we understand this because as we study this today, you're going to maybe catch a, a glimpse of of, of, a, of our God in that he is not unknowable, but he wants to know you. We've been calling this series Close Encounters with Jesus. And we know that when you come in a close encounter with Jesus, you're never going to be the same ever again. And so as we look at this in chapter 10, we're going to start in verse 13. But before we do, let's pray. Father, as we read your word, may you convey to each one of us that special relationship that you want to have where we recognize you as our daddy. And Lord, we, as we read these words today, that it's not through religion, but it's through a relationship that causes us to belong to you. In Jesus' name, amen. It's interesting in the book of John, in the epistles of John, 1 John, the Bible tells us chapter one, he says, my little children. He is an older gentleman, is writing to other younger Christians, and he says, my little children. I think it's important that we realize that we have a daddy in heaven. John recognized that when Jesus told him about being a child. And now we find that John is conveying that to be a child as well in our father's arm. Well, it just so happened that a bunch of people were trying to bring their kids to Jesus. And this is where we pick up the story in verse 13. And they brought young children to Jesus that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and said to his disciples, Let the little children come to me. Do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Or the kingdom of heaven, some of your Bibles may read. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom as a little child will no means enter it and he took them up in his arms, and he put his hands on them, and he blessed them. I like this. This is really cool, because Jesus blesses the kids. The disciples, the Bible say Jesus was displeased with them because they were trying to get in the way of that relationship that God wanted to have with kids. Now, I look at this as an important part of our Christianity. What gets in the way of your relationship with God? What gets in the way of that of a father-daughter, father-son relationship? What, What is it that gets in the way that takes away the simplicity of that relationship God wants to have with you? There's a lot of things that we'll find in the world. The very next part of this tells us one such thing. In verse 17, now while he was going out on the road, so this is all sub, uh, just right back to back. As Jesus was going out on the road, one came running, knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life. Now, I think this is kind of an interesting thing because the book of Matthew tells us he was young and it tells us he was rich. And when we look at verse, uh, and we look in the book of Luke, it says he was a ruler as well. So he was young, a rich, and he was a ruler. Boy, all the things that people would think would make you happy, all those things that you'd think would scratch that itch of importance and and being something. And, And unfortunately, so often, even in the church today, if you're rich, if you're in power, if you're young, you got it. But that's not what we find here. In fact, we find just the opposite. I believe this rich young ruler, as the Bible would tell us, this guy, come running out. Notice it says he came running, and all the things that he had, and all the wealth, and all the prestige, and all the, the the youthfulness that you would have to accomplish those things at a young age. He still knew something was lacking in his life. Something still wasn't right. That that unknowable itch, that un, that that un, un, unreachable scratch that he that he had. Something wasn't right with him. So he comes and he calls Jesus good teacher. Now this is a rather unusual term. We don't find it anywhere else in the Bible because good was pretty much reserved for God. And so when he came, and because we find in the book of Luke references him as a ruler as well, he would have known this. And so he calls Jesus good teacher. So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? There is none good but one, and that is God. Now, is Jesus saying, I'm not good? Is he saying, I'm not God? Or is he asking a question to probe what spawned that remark? I think God does that with us sometimes. I think God will come to us in that invisible Holy Spirit when we're involved with something that we think is going to make us something. And I think God can come to us and say, what are you doing And sometimes we have to be honest, and as we look at everything that we're trying to accomplish, we have to come up with a conclusion, nothing. Well, notice it says, good master. A lot of us, that's kind of hard for us to grasp. So maybe a better way to say it is maybe something that you may experience as you share your faith with people. And that is sometimes I've talked to people and I say, do you know who Jesus Christ is? And they'll say, "Well, he was a good teacher. Really, he was a good teacher. Have you ever studied what Jesus Christ taught?" Well, yeah, you know, love one another, groove on each other, you know, that kind of thing. You know, kind of. No, what what did Jesus really teach? Well, in John fourteen six, it says Jesus said, "I am the way, the truth, and the life." No one comes to the Father except by me. In that verse, Jesus categorically said, all the religions of the world are false. Wow. Now this causes the same push that we find here when he said, good teacher. So is Jesus still a good teacher when he says all religions of the world are bogus? Or is Jesus not a good teacher? Which is it? You can't have it both ways. And that's what Jesus is saying to this rich young ruler. If we really look at the teachings of Jesus, either yes, it is true, he is good, or two, he's false, which is it? I believe God will, in our lives, ask us questions with just observation of life in what, and probes us, what makes us tick. And I think that's a good thing. I think a lot of times people need to get alone with God. I remember when I was a a boy and was growing up and we had a boat. And my dad, uh, I, I always wanted to put a radio in the boat and he wouldn't let me do that. And I said, why? And he says, because when you get alone, you'll hear God's voice. And I thought that's interesting because oftentimes we go away on a vacation, but then we bring all of our junk with us and we're still in power, or maybe I might say in bondage to all the stuff that we brought with us where we really don't get alone with who we are. You know, that can be a scary thing. The Bible says, know thyself. Some people don't want to know who they are. That's why we do all kinds of things to mask who we are. We sometimes think that we are what we own. We are what we do. We are who we hang out with. We are because of our education. Interesting, this is what happened to this young guy. Okay, let's look at this. Why do you call me good? No one is good. That is but God. So actually, he has to come to the conclusion that Jesus is God. You know the commandments, Jesus said. Now, this is interesting because Jesus here targets the second tier of the Ten Commandments. The first tier of the Ten Commandments, the first four, deal with our relationship with God. Thou shalt not have any other gods before me. Thou shalt not make any graven images. Okay, the second tier deals with our relationship with our fellow men. Now, when they came to Jesus one time, they said, Jesus, what is the greatest commandment? And he said, to love God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and spirit. That's the first tier of the Ten Commandments. And the last six verses are the, the, the second tier, love your neighbor as yourself. He said, upon these two hang all the law and the prophets. Now, so he says here, you know the commandments. Now, again, this is second tier. This is your relationship with your fellow man. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. Now, this is an interesting thing this guy says. Verse 20, look at this. And he answered and said to him, Teacher, all these I have observed from my youth. I get a smiley face on my report card. I've done all these things. Now, notice what Jesus says here. Jesus, looking at him, I like this, loved him and said to him, Uh, Friends, I think that is one of the greatest wisdom nuggets you're going to find when you address somebody, especially when somebody is sideways. Jesus loved him and said to him, you know, if we don't love somebody that we're trying to communicate to, you're going to come across wrong. You just are. You know, they say that only 7% of what you say is actually what you say. The rest is in verbal attitude and facial expression. Well, I'm sorry. Did that mean you were sorry? It meant just the opposite, didn't it? Why? Because your body language did not match your words. I oftentimes look at these uh, TV evangelists sometimes, and I wonder how their body language does not match their words. When they go, we don't want your money. You try that don't we love Jesus? And they're shaking their head, no. I'm going, this is weird. How is there this disconnect that sometimes you'll find? Well, we do the same thing sometimes. We'll say we love somebody, yet we'll talk about them behind their back. We'll say that I love you, but then our actions do not match what we say. So Jesus points out to this guy, he goes, your personal relationship with your fellow man. He points all those things out. And then he said to him, he loved him. But this is what he said. One thing you lack. Wow. Think about that for a minute. If I was talking to Jesus... And Jesus said all these things to me, and Jesus said, Mike, there's only one thing you lack. I would be dancing in the street. I got it down to one. You know, the truth of the matter is, usually God would look at us and say, Oh, there's about 200 things you lack. And here he says, Only one thing you lack. Man, can you imagine that? One thing. Go your way, sell whatever you have give the money to the poor and your treasure and in, 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 in you will have treasure in heaven. And then come take up the cross and follow me. What an incredible invite to be a disciple of Jesus. Friends, do you catch this? You know, in the Bible where the Bible says, it isn't that you have chosen me. I have chosen you. Jesus said that to his disciples receipt of customs. He's taking money in and and ascertaining, working for the Roman government. Jesus just walks up to him and says, follow me. He drops everything and goes, didn't give a two week notice or nothing, just said, I'm out of here. Probably every day, Matthew Levi would go there at his job and knowing that he was hated by all the people because he was considered a turncoat. He was Jewish, yet he worked for the Roman government to extract taxes from people. He was hated. And he knew it. And then all of a sudden, one day, it all changed. Jesus said, come and follow me. And Matthew Levi didn't sit there and stroke his chin for an hour. He just said, I'm out of here. Dropped it all and went and followed Jesus. Now we find Jesus making the offer to become a disciple of his and become famous in history but instead, we don't know who this rich young ruler was because he missed it. Notice what it says. Come take up your cross, follow me, verse 22. But he was sad at Jesus' word and went away grieved for he had many possessions. Wow. Wow. He traded something that was temporal for that which was eternal and real true fame comes in Christ, not in the things of the world. So in other words, we never will ever know who this rich young ruler was, this side of heaven. And yet Jesus offered him an opportunity to be one of his disciples. He was sad. One thing you lack. What is the one thing he lacked? There was something else in his way, in his relationship with God, and that was his money. Now, Jesus is aware of these things. Now, if we remember, as we just read before, except a man becomes a child, he'll not enter into the kingdom of God. What is it about a child that's different than adults? Have you ever noticed that kids really don't have a very good value system? Have you ever noticed that? You give a kid a Christmas present, and I didn't realize this until I had kids, they have more fun with the box that the toy came in than the toy you just gave them. Why is that? Well, they have a different value system. Cool box. Hey, this is a, a bus, man. They all get in there. They're pushing each other around on the carpet, you know, with this little box. Meanwhile, the toy sits over underneath the tree. And I'm going, I could have just bought you a box and you'd have been happy. Why? They don't have the value system we do. I think in part, that's possibly what Jesus is trying to convey to us. The world's value system is different than God's value system. And again, as we've shared this so many times, the only thing going from this life into eternity is people is people. None of the things that we work so hard for that we scrape the paint on and repaint it and make it look nice and take the door dings out and all, none of that stuff's going in heaven. By the way, thank God for that. But what is going into heaven is people. And I believe God realigns our priorities, realigns our vision so that we don't lose sight of eternal value. It's, again, children don't have this concept of what value is, except a man becomes a child. God's saying, hey, listen, why don't you take on my value system instead of what you think value is? Jesus said, you can gain the whole world and lose your own soul. What does it profit you? So there is a different value system that we have to be aware of. And this young, rich young ruler didn't have it. He walked away grieve because he had great possession verse 23 then jesus looked around and said to his disciples how hard is it for those who have riches to enter into the kingdom of god and the disciples were astonished at his words because jesus answered again and said to them children oh wait a minute children Now we find this word resurfacing after the rich young ruler came to him that right before the kids were trying to get to Jesus and the disciples were holding them away, and he said, suffer the little children to come unto me. Now Jesus calls them children in verse 24. How hard is it for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God? It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Why is that? Because it's where our hope lies. Either God is the supplier of your needs or you are. And the world is. And again, when we come back to God's value system and we as God's children, we go to our daddy and say, Daddy, give me what I need in my life. God gives us his value system that we don't lose track of what's really important, what's going to last forever, but instead, people of the world that have not been born again, what they still see is what I think value is. Give me the bucks. And they don't realize it. You can gain everything and lose your own soul. And so this rich young ruler had his value system misplaced. Something else I think is interesting that we find this. Jesus looked at this rich young guy and said to him, you know the commandments. And it is interesting that Jesus recites to him the commandments and when it's all done, he says one thing you lack. Why is that? Because the law will never save you. The law was never meant to justify a person. The law, the Old Testament commandments were meant to show you how desperately we all need a savior.
1: Thanks for joining us on It's Time as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening and tune in next time for It's Time.